Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady, you're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady, you're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Such a sexy, sexy. The pre-9-11, 2001 musical landscape was something else. While many new metal groups had mainstream fame, Crazy Town was the group to explode onto the scene with a pop single of two pierced white rockers rapping over a Red Hot Chili Peppers sample. I'm joined by my longtime friend and Good Nature podcast host, Tony Hartman, to discuss if Crazy Town deserved more fame or if they should butterfly away. One hit is all you need To make the money guaranteed And you can live off royalties Forever And it makes me wonder Is it just a wonder Or is it one hit thunder Alright, so first question right off the bat Are you more an epic guy Or a shifty shell shot guy? Man, I got to go with Shifty. Right. I know. I don't think we're here to drag. I'm, I'm sure if you went down the rabbit hole or just know like from pop culture in general, like Shifty has had a very checkered past since the success of this song. Um, but he kind of has that underdog mentality that I, I, I get behind for sure. Right. I would say that this song, as we discussed before the episode started a little bit, it's one of Piercing's biggest songs. The concept of Piercing, it's one of its biggest songs. Yeah, this is prime Piercing time. I actually... It's funny because uh, not to break the fourth wall, but when connecting with uh, with Matt 
about like doing another episode and the fact that this that butterfly hadn't been covered yet it just seems absurd to me like this is such like i have such distinct memories tied to this song and like let's get into those right off the bat yeah i think i was like the perfect age for when this song came out like i was in high school and i remember do you know like the concept of like inside memes in a way like i don't know a lot of younger listeners might not remember that there was a point when Donald Glover, amongst his myriad talents, was really, really good at Twitter. And I remember one time he posted about the concept of inside memes, which were pretty much just like memes that like you do to death just within your circle of friends. So it was like an inside joke, but like it took on like another life. To me, this song and the video in particular was like one of the earlier inside memes amongst my friends, because I just remember like watching the video. I was in high school and... I remember watching the video and it was it was also not just prime piercing time but also prime that era of music videos where everything looked really oily <laughs> like if you recall like right. there's a lot of pop punk vi- videos that were like that too newfound glory a lot of those bands leaned into that really oily lens look for music videos mm-hmm. but this one was just oily in general like the guys are oily the entire essence of the song is pretty oily, but I remember just like laughing hysterically anytime this video would come on, which for whatever reason happened a lot when I was just like sitting around at a particular group of friends house and like watching MTV or whatever, but the video would come on and I remember <laughs> I was I was talking this about this song with, with Elizabeth last night, my wife, and I told her how the girl I dated in high school said and this is a direct quote that shifty Shellshock was the most attractive man she's ever seen in her life. Wow. Yeah. And like, I mean, there was, there was no response to that aside from hysteric laughter from myself and my <laughs> friends. But the funniest part of the video I remember is, you know, this is also peak. Actually it was early nautical star tattoo era. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think shifty was ahead of the curb a bit on that. And there's a point in the video where the nautical stars on his shoulders, I believe, descend to the sky, like maybe to heaven. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, shout out James Feedy, who I know you know as well, but I just remember him pointing at the TV and laughing <laughs> like his nautical stars are coming <laughs> off his body. <laughs> yeah, that, that is pretty amazing. This song, to me, sounds like if Spencer's Gifts yeah. morphed into a song yeah this is what it would be yeah and, that's alarmingly accurate and uh don't know i i never really thought about this song as an actual song it's it's always it's been playing through what seems like my entire life my entire life but i never actually yeah broke down the music to it which it's got a cool bass line you brought that up to me earlier this week it's musically sound but it's also pierced white guys rapping so and heavy, heavy asterisk on how good the baseline is, because I don't know if you, you went down this rabbit hole enough, but like, it's a sample. It's oh. the guitar and the bass. Are you ready for this? Okay. Is a sample of a Red Hot Chili Peppers jam from, wow. I think their, their first like massive album. Like literally there's an instrumental track. I think it's instrumental. I, I pulled up the YouTube a few weeks ago when the thought of thinking about this song again for the first time in a while was presented to me because yeah that bass riff is so sick it's very non-sustainable i think you would agree as a bass player can you imagine being on stage for whatever it was like three and a half minutes and having to just like 
chug through that bass riff the entire time. Right. Not easy, but they didn't even write it. So that's Flea. It's Flea. It's wow. I, I, I don't know. I'd love to go deeper and find out if the bassist, whoever played on on that record, sat there and busted out the riff, or if it's straight up a sam. I think it's a sample lifted from this wow. jam from the Red Hot Chili Peppers album. And to me, that's like like I said, a heavy asterisk. The best thing about this song, which I mean, spoiler warning i know we'll get more into it later but like i think this is a despicable song i i you know i truly believe most songs are inherently good i can't find anything good about this song except for the fact that that bass riff is really sick but yeah it's it's essentially if you know it was another episode of the show if you're talking about someone like i don't know like the click five and you're like yeah you know i i like the bass bass riff and someone's like oh yeah but you know they just took like man overboard by blink 182 and sampled the baseline it's not even you know like their biggest hit crazy right. town's biggest hit the best thing about it is not them <laughs> is was taken from very very prolific uh musicians especially the bass player we're recording this on a very historic day trump is over and i am reading right now that in 2016 that of course crazy town went on a tour called make america rock again <laughs> which whoa I, were they pro trump you know i want to in my heart believe they're not but the piercing era was very very like look i don't get involved in politics i'm just i just take off my shirt and do my job <laughs> right so i will say that trapped was on that tour okay <laughs> and saliva and puddle of mud and scott stapp and okay so undeniably this was a pro trump tour i fuel was on it i like to believe my heart fuel wasn't pro trump but this song is just very trumpy it's the most yeah it's probably one of the most trump things ever recorded do you remember also <laughs> again uh, like yeah. i didn't know if other people thought this this song was funny because it was you know this is before twitter this is before like any social media where you could find your common ground with people you don't really know so i thought this song was only funny to my friends and i and then I don't know if you remember the movie Orange County. Right. Yes. There was like a it was like a big inside meme in the movie Orange County too, where like all these idiots he went to school with in Orange County, which is the red I believe the reddest area of Southern California for sure. So mm -hmm. there is a definitely a connect. Like I'm sure a lot of these like Orange County girls parodied in the movie Orange County that were the joke was that the song Butterfly would come on and they would all just like dance. And it was like, I guess that was the entire joke. And he was just like, man, these people are idiots. I need to get out of here. But it may be those dancing to Butterfly Girls grew up to be problematic Instagram moms that are now like in the, you know, QAnon stuff, hashtag save the children. I think there's definitely a direct connect between Trumpism and this song. Right. You know, a little aside, I'm so glad that it's, hopefully going to be the end of the make America blank 
again absolutely (laughs) yeah it was never clever it was yeah it was just like terrible branding that worked with in all the wrong ways and also every time you did that even if it was a parody of it it made it sound like you support Trump, even if you Absolutely, even if you yeah. didn't. So I never liked it. It's almost like Got Milk campaign has somehow lasted till now and still there's parodies of it. And I don't understand why. Yep. Like Got Crazy Town is probably that that works. Anything you put anything there and for some reason people accept it as a parody. I, I don't know why. That's a whole other story. But I would really just right off the bat. I know this is, we're going to go down a long road right here, but I'd really like to get into the lyrics. <laughs> I mean, I got them here. Spoiler alert. There are a lot of them. I guess this would be considered rap music. What is this? What is this style of music? I Man, I mean, you've got a Red Hot Chili Peppers jam sampled as the core being of the song and in execution. I might be beating you to the punch here. It's kind of Juggalo-esque uh, in execution. Yeah, that's a little that's a little rough on on the Juggalos there. I, ICP could have been an influence here. They could have been an influence, but this doesn't even hold a candle to, you know, what Violent J or, or uh, Shaggy Two Dope would spit. You know, no, like, Lord no. Give those guys this beat, and you're gonna you're gonna hear something outrageously amazing you're gonna hear raps about buttholes you're gonna hear raps about balls everything every male body part you're gonna hear and i don't really hear that in this song no i i think if there is a genre for this song it's just music for horny teens of that era that you know want to be pierced and oily see you hear you hear horny teens i hear horny 60 year olds in a biker bar okay yeah that works too that's what i hear when i hear this music but who knows but no in between but one thing we can agree on this is music for horny people yeah absolutely um but i don't know man i mean music as a whole like there's always been some sort of correlation to horniness at least implied but like yeah this is definitely music for the worst kind of horny people which definitely falls under that trumpism bucket horny Trump supporters. We got to analyze the lyrics and figure out figure out. We got, we also got to figure out where Epic and and Shifty Shellshock would fall on the Trumpiness scale. We we got to figure that out cuz we could be really wrong, man. They could <laughs> I'm Shif- very confident we're not. Okay. You don't think Shifty was out there spreading the word for Biden? You don't think? I think we're just a few tweets away from confirming. I just don't want I don't want to look into that. I think let's just take take the W today for what it is and right. not think about how crazy town's politics play into it. <laughs> All right. So the song starts out. Come my lady, come, come my lady. You're my butterfly sugar, baby. Come my lady. You're my pretty baby. I'll make your legs shake. You make me go crazy. Let me cut okay. in there because it's, it's really important to talk about. Like I said, this, song was such a big inside joke with with my high school friends and i i remember a friend at the make your leg shake i remember stopping and saying like oh that means he's good at sex which i mean it's all implied and and is it a double entendre with come is it come here but also coming or is it just is the come here not even part of it are we just going straight come it's spelled c-o-m-e here in in the lyrics but you can spell it that way I don't know. Uh, no, a hundred percent. Like, I don't even know if it's an implied entendre. I think it's. I mean, 
cum has traditionally been used in lyrics in that way and like i would assume shifty was leaning into that as hard as he could yeah i mean he's saying you'll make your your legs shake yeah he's obviously the king of sex so yes uh the king of cum i would actually maybe call him (laughs) such a sexy sexy pretty little thing fierce nipple pierce you got me sprung with your tongue ring yeah piercing music yeah we're not nipple pierce and tongue ring mentioned in the same line peak piercing music do you know how many people probably heard this song at that time like i would love to see the profit margins at like a what was that place claire's like those and like piercing pagoda those places in like midwestern malls where like i would assume when this song was at its peak it was just lines out the door like the fucking line to get your tux uh at american commodore for prom i'd imagine this song had a similar effect on the business at piercing pagodas right and i ain't gonna lie because your loving gets me high so to keep you by my side there's nothing i won't try jesus that's so horny (laughs) well also when he was Wait, who I don't know. Was it was it Shifty who's writing this? And is he writing it down? Is he freestyling this? Is the, I I don't I don't know. I don't know who who wrote these lyrics, but I mean it's before the notes app. I assume like it was just like a scrawling in a notebook at one of his like horniest oiliest moments. Butterflies in her eyes and looks to kill. Time is passing. I'm asking, could this be real? Cuz I can't sleep. I can't hold still. The only thing I really know is she got sex appeal. Damn. <sighs> I can feel too much is never enough. You're always there to lift me up. When these times get rough, I was lost, now I'm found. Ever since you've been around. See, it gets a little, ro- it, that's a less horny verse. It's pretty romantic. It is getting, it's getting a little too romantic. I think we got to bring it back. I think it has, it comes back around. Don't worry. You're the woman that I want. So yo, I'm putting it down. I don't deserve you unless it's some kind of hidden message to show you my life is precious. Then I guess it's true. To tell the truth, I really never knew. Till I met you, I was lost and confused, twisted and used up. Knew a better life existed, but thought that I missed it. My lifestyle is wild. I was living like a wild child, trapped on a short leash, paroled the police files, and yo, What's happening now? I see the sun breaking, shining through dark clouds in a vision of you standing out in a crowd. That was my favorite. Because I, I can yeah. picture the point in the video where he looks into the crowd and, and there's a v- extremely early 2000s looking babe looking right back at him. Right. Imagine yeah, this everything, everything you've read so far. Just imagine that as Biden's inauguration speech. <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. I... This this song had to be played at Trump rallies, though. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And w- not one of those weird things where, like, you know how he's he's played like Foo Fighters songs and like yeah. <laughs> grow real publicly. He's like, "Hey, knock it off, dude. You don't have permission <laughs> to use my song." Like, I would imagine Crazy Town's like, "Well, you know, like, regard." I mean, we're we're pretty sure they're pro Trump at this point. Um, maybe that's an unfair generalization, but like at the very least, I know Shifty would take those Trump bucks. Yeah. You know who took the Trump bucks in 2016? Three Doors Down? Hell yeah, they did. Of course. I, there's zero doubt in my mind that Three Doors, they performed, I think. They did. I'm, I'm skipping ahead a little bit here. Some of these lyrics are kind of boring to me. I want to get, I want to get to the hot stuff. And I think the hot stuff starts with, hey, sugar mama, 
come and dance with me. The smartest thing you ever did was take a chance with me. So, <laughs> so whatever tickles your fancy, girl, it's you like Sid and Nancy. So sexy, almost evil, talking about butterflies in my head. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It goes a little off the rails at that yeah, point. Yeah. I used to think happy endings were only in the books I read, but you made me feel alive when I was almost dead. You filled that empty space with love. I used to chase, and as far as I can see, it don't get better than this. So, Butterfly, here's a song, and it's sealed with a kiss. And a thank you, miss. I don't even understand the rhyme scheme. <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty all over the place for sure. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy, and getting to eat restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50. The words one hit and the number 50 that is at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. And yeah, I mean, the horniness definitely falls off more into sweetness and romantic towards the end. But I know like I can picture that's when his nautical star tattoos ascend to the heavens. So I guess it makes sense. Maybe this song's a little bit more romantic than I thought. Now that I read the lyrics like this, it seems a little more loving and tender than just horny. Yeah. It's a relationship. I think that started with lust and eventually became something, a very special connection. All right. Um, I mean, you might be right. That's pretty much it. As far as the lyrics, there's some, some repeats and, and yeah, it's based on the sample of pretty little ditty off Red Hot Chili Peppers album, Mother's Milk. This song was a number one single on the Hot 100. Hell yeah. You know, this song has done more than times a thousand than any song that I've ever been a part of. Does it say what couple weeks it was number one. So this song was number one on March 24th and April 7th of 2001. But in between there, there was a week where you're going to like this, Tony, where it fell to number two for a week to Shaggy Angel. Oh, wow. See, I knew I'm both of those. That screams post Bush inauguration. I knew it had to be. (laughs) And also around this time was Survivor by Destiny's Child. Thank you by Dido was popular at this time. Oh, right. Yeah. Love Don't Cost a Thing, Jennifer Lopez, 
put it on me, Ja Rule. It was a rough time. It was a really rough time for for popular music. Yeah, man. So I kind of understand. Like the biggest albums of that year were Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park, and I mean, I respect Linkin Park, I guess, but still not my thing. There's All That You Can't Leave Behind by U2, which I would assume is like the album that probably had Beautiful Day. I don't know why why else a U2 album would be big after like the early 90s. Yeah, they had a like a a Deeds resurgence. I remember they had a they had a pretty awesome song on the Mr. Deeds soundtrack, but okay. that was even a little after this. They right got the now Deeds we're bump. looking I get at it. Yeah, it's always good to get that Deeds momentum going for you, but this was also pre 9-11 when you, you look at like, that's when I think rock music as a whole, like people like, wait, we don't have to listen to butterfly by crazy town. Like that's when you saw like the strokes mm-hmm. popping off. I think even like the indie stuff was so good around that era. Like we thankfully had like, that was like prime, like vagrant records era. So I think we lucked out as like non mainstream right. music listeners, but that said, yeah. And also, it's crazy that this was like the peak of record sales in general. It's very possible that the worst era, like year or two of mainstream music, was the highest selling era for the record business. And then it all came crashing down, I guess, kind of post-Butterfly. You know, Butterfly might be responsible for people not paying for music anymore, if you think about it. I didn't think about that at all, but... If what you're saying is true, and this was like the peak of people actually buying music, that maybe a lot of people bought the Crazy Town album. They, they got it. They listened to it. And they're like, no, we're not going to pay for this anymore. It might be Crazy Town's fault why we can't make money from album sales anymore. Very possible. Or it could have even been someone like, like a Sean Parker with Napster at the time just being like, there's got to be a better way. And that was like the catalyst for the complete dismantling of the record business, streaming. I'd be interested to see what Butterfly's numbers are like on Spotify and whatnot. I know you guys sent through like a playlist Mm -hmm. with a bunch of uh, Crazy Town stuff on Spotify. And I think numbers are public on Spotify. I didn't look into it. But also it's funny because I use Apple Music. So do I, yeah. That's like what I pay for. So I don't know if when you get this, like you're you're listening to these this Crazy Town playlist on the free version of Spotify. So I'm, I'm sitting through ads and everything. And also I have the feature turned on to where even though I never use Spotify, it still shows in my Facebook feed everything I'm listening to. That's probably right. a pretty easy fix, but there's definitely <laughs> a point last night where... Like, yep, people are seeing that I'm listening to Crazy Town right now. (laughs) I don't think there's a damn thing wrong with that. So I got curious and checked what the drop-off was between their biggest song and their second biggest song on Spotify. Right. So from Butterfly at number one to Starry-Eyed Surprise at number two, it is a 186 million number drop. Wow. Wow. What's the number next to Butterfly? So the number next to Butterfly is 195,740,894 listens. Wow. That, se- that seems like a taste. That's right around where I'd expect Butterfly to be. I think there's enough nostalgia for it, but it's not. You know, I, I don't see it moving mountains in the streaming era. I-, I am curious, since you did listen to the playlist, were there any songs that jumped out at you as you being upset that you actually were kind of liking it? No. Um, (laughs) that's a hard no, I would say, um, starry eyed was definitely like, I remember that. I know it's, it's a Oakenfold song, which I remember, 
I don't know much about that dude, but I know he had a moment. But overall, like, I guess, I mean, I love tunes and I usually believe there's there's something enjoyable in, in most songs and most music, but I will give them this. They, they bounce genres in a very bad but impressive way going through this catalog. Like, there's songs that sound just like Linkin Park. There's songs that are even more Juggalo-esque than butterfly the song dark side jumps out at me is a like when i listen to it everything about it is like even the beat i'm like this should be on an icp album yeah i think that's fair Get into Shifty Shell Shock a little bit here, aka Seth Binzer. Surprisingly, Crazy Town was part of Ozfest in 2000, but they got kicked off after two weeks because Shifty decided to smash a window with a chair. All right, but then they released Butterfly after that. After that happened, which is wild, and then they got huge, and they were back on Ozfest the next year after the success of butterfly. And I don't know who was on Ozfest that year, but they were made fun of by the attendees who called them the butterfly boys, which I think is absolutely incredible. That's a great nickname. Yeah. It's amazing. Butterfly boys is actually a pretty good name for a band. Yeah. And then after that, they had another single called revolving door. It didn't chart. And then they appeared in P Diddy's bad boy for life music video. Oh, right. Yeah. How did they find that? That was an elite, Damn, I mean, they rolled out the big guns. Isn't Travis Barker? I think, I think that's the one he played drums in. Good, props to them for finding their way into that. Yeah, how did P Diddy? I don't know. How, how he let him in? I I don't know. P Diddy's a butterfly boy. I guess that might be what it is. That's probably <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they eventually broke up shortly because they had too much pressure to make another butterfly from the label. They reformed and they had a release called Crazy Town is Back in, t- in 2008. It's a clever title. And then uh, DJ AM, I guess, was their DJ? Right, yeah. He died of a drug overdose, sadly. And then Shifty and Epic recorded a third album uh, named Brimstone Sluggers, which was what the band was originally called. And then they eventually split apart like Epic wasn't part of it anymore. So then Crazy Town just became shifty. That happens though. I mean, like some of the, like think about like, you know, saves the day, something like that. It's always been Chris. Crazy Town's always been shifty. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, I got another pretty big number crunch that I think you guys will appreciate. I told our, our mutual buddy, Brendan Walter, I was coming on here to talk Butterfly today. And he reminded me that he reached out about crazytown.com like the domain, which is available, guess how guess how much it costs? Guess how much the asking price for crazytown.com is in oh, 2020? Man. I'm going to say quarter of a million, two, $250,000 would be my guess. It's only $96,000, which to me was a Ooh. shocking sticker price, but y- uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. 
I guess I could have guessed. I should have guessed that it would be worth quite a bit more too. That sounds like a little bit of a bargain. I bet maybe we could maybe we could start a Kickstarter. Round up the butterfly boys because we should absolutely buy that domain. Do you think we could get ninety six people to to <laughs> to contribute a thousand dollars? To we could get butterflyboys.com right now for on on GoDaddy, and that be, could be, link us to our Kickstarter where we could try to get ninety six people to pitch in $1,000 to buy crazytown.com. But what do we do with it once we buy it? Why aren't we trying to get a dollar from 96,000 people? <laughs> we, that, that might be another way to do it. But if we get crazytown.com, what are we going to do with it is the question. I think, I think obviously, just... <laughs> obviously the best thing to do with it would be to direct it to the butterfly music video. <laughs> that would be the kindest thing to do. But I feel like... 2024 is not that far away. And if we can create the butterfly boy party with a convincing agenda, I don't know. I think uh, we can keep Kanye out of office. I think people would rather vote for butterfly boys. Reroute it to this specific episode of the podcast. (laughs) That too. Yeah. So when Epic left the band officially in 2017 and it became just shifty in the band, he changed the name. It's not crazy town anymore. It's now crazy town X. And when people asked him about the addition of the letter X, he said it's used by gangs to symbolize a territory they had just won. So, in essence, Shifty, as a gang of one, took over the territory that was Crazy Town. Gotta respect that. And I, Yeah, I gotta respect that too. And in 2018, Shifty began working on a double album titled The Beautiful and Insane. Nice. And it was with a new group of musicians. And then in 2019... <laughs> their van crashed into a moose during a Canadian Jesus tour. Jesus Christ. Sending them to the hospital with bruises and cuts. End of Crazy Town story. That's where the story ends, is <laughs> hitting a moose. And as far as I know, that's the end, which is an amazing end. No one was actually hurt that bad, just bruises and cuts. Damn, I mean, you've hit a deer right. in a tour van. So imagine a moose. Jesus, man. Props, I mean, like, if Crazy Town comes back after that, then you got to roll out the red carpet of respect because that that would be huge. Right. I want to see the Crazy Town resurgence. We got to get that domain. So if anybody wants to contribute, we're going to try to get the Kickstarter started before this <laughs> or GoFundMe or something. We're One way or another, we got to buy crazytown.com. 96 grand, that's a steal. Well, if with the election wrapping up, like, I'm sure, you know, from donating to progressive causes... You, Maybe you've gotten these emails too, the ones that are just like, it's not looking good, Chris. And yeah. like, so if we can figure out like how to send those kind of emails, like hyper targeted to people, <laughs> like we're not feeling good about getting crazytown.com, but you can help. Here's how. Right. I think if we just like hit people with those, I don't know, like seven, eight times a day, I think eventually it'll, it'll pay off. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more, man. I'm thinking about it now. When you think about, crazy town butterfly would you consider it one hit thunder or or one hit blunder it's this is a real this is a tough one no i don't think it's to me it's it's a blunder in every sense in terms of like quality like i said that even that sick completely unsustainable baseline is from a much more talented but also silly band but i mean in terms of performance thunder as hell everyone knows this song i would say that Shifty is a blunder in every imaginable way from the way he looks to his lyrics to his delivery 
to the fact that he hit a moose. Everything about <laughs> this dude is just it's a blunder. It's 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 really a blunder. But when it comes to Crazy Town, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give him one hit thunder. I'm That's gonna, fair. I mean, the song lives on. It lives on in memes. It lives on in strip clubs. And it will continue living on. And it it's something that the success of Crazy Town Butterfly is something that I probably will never accomplish in my entire life. No matter what I do, I will never reach that pinnacle of whatever, a fifth of a, fifth of a billion Spotify plays. It's pretty impressive. And... Sure, the music is trash. Anyone who actually enjoys this song non-ironically has to be pure trash. But yet, I, I, I can't deny it. it. It's thunder. This is pure one-hit thunder. I mean, you might not be able to get those stream numbers, but we can always buy crazytown.com. That's all we can hope, man. Oh, but before we go, do you want to tell people about your, your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, New episode dropping as we record this this week. Episode two is coming out, but should be a few episodes in by the time this this goes up. I got a podcast called Good Nature and considerably different subject material. But I, you know, myself, I'm a creative professional dealing with a chronic condition. And essentially, I'm interviewing people from the worlds of entertainment, sports, music, etc., that are dealing with similar challenges. It's pretty serious, but you know, we're having some fun with it and it's called Good Nature and you can find it anywhere you stream podcasts and I'd love for you guys to check it out. It's great. The first episode was amazing. Thanks, man. Can't wait to hear more. I'm subscribed. I left a review. I couldn't help but think I kind of, while, while you were telling people about your podcast, I was sort of drifting away and realizing that I hope that Shifty doesn't listen to this. I don't think that... I, I think we got to have a little message for Shifty. We assumed a lot of things about him. And for all we know, the dude could be out there doing a lot of good. We don't know that he's not. Actually, I actually I, I need to know. I need to know before we go here. Making it if, extend the official invitation to not just come on this podcast, but, but also mine. I'd love to talk to Shifty about his trials and tribulations and, and hear his side of the story. Oh, no. Okay, here's what here before we go, we we have to cover this. In 2001 in an interview with Rolling Stone, Shifty admitted to spending 3 months in California institution for men following an attempted burglary, to selling and using recreational drugs over a period of several years, as well as to struggling with drug addiction. I don't hold anything against him for that. He has a son named Gage. Nice. Oh my god. The dude in the biggest piercing band ever has a son named Gage. That's Yeah, that's that's beautiful. That is beautiful. I'm starting my I'm starting to see my tide turning on Shifty a little bit here. In 2010, he was in a relationship with Jasmine Leonard, and in 2011, police responded to a report of a domestic disturbance between the pair. Oh man. Uh Shifty, they call him Binzer. Binzer was arrested for outstanding warrants and released later that day. And then in a video interview with TMZ, he said that it was simply a noise complaint and the outstanding warrant uh, was for counter-assaulting a security guard who was using unnecessary force when trying to throw him out of a club. Okay. Got to hear both sides. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's not so bad. Binzer was again arrested in 2012 for battery and cocaine possession and sentenced to three years probation. Binzer and Leonard have a son named Phoenix. In 2013, Leonard asked California court for 
exclusive custody of their son, claiming the Benzer smoked crack in front of him and once left a crack pipe in his room. Jeez. Then he was on Celebrity Rehab 1 yeah. and 2 on VH1. Sounds like a lot of drug problems, which I'm not going to hold against him. I will say he looks like a total asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like such an asshole. Like I would never want to even be around this guy. Uh, I do see his nautical star tattoos. And as far as your old girl from, from back in the day who thinks this is the most attractive man, I would be interested to know, looking at the picture I'm looking at right now, if she still holds that opinion. I don't think it matters because his beauty was so solidified in the butterfly video that like it's, you, know, you, can't, you can't take that away from him. His beauty is now, he lives on eternally. I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel. I mean, I feel for a person if they have drug problems and I don't I wouldn't hold that against somebody, but it seems like a little sketchy otherwise oh no i found i finally found something good i found you're gonna like this you guys are gonna like this in 2009 (laughs) shifty attended the babes in toyland toy drive okay that's yeah that's something (laughs) i mean i don't know if he donated any toys he attended i'm gonna assume he did no i wouldn't i wouldn't assume anything i think we just got to give him credit for where it's due that he went to a thing that seemed good. Yeah. <laughs> that's enough. That's actually enough for me. I mean, smoking crack in front of your son or whatever, maybe not the best decision. Going to a toy drive. Good decision. I think that's a pretty good decision. So I'm going to go all the way around. The guy wrote one of the greatest horny songs of all time. He went to a toy drive in 2009. Not going to hold the drugs against him. Uh, yeah, I say thunder all around. Shifty, I take back every bad thing I said about you in this episode. And I'm going to give the song one hit thunder. I've decided. Official thunder. Hell yeah. All right, man. It's been great having you on. Great episode. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Vefalios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah, and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, once again, is the new Punchline song, Be Right There, which is now streaming everywhere. Punchline also has a music special that will be streaming on Amazon Prime on the 20th of November, so be sure to check that out. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at onehitthunderpodcast at gmail.com and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. listening to the Geekscape Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. 
I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11.